we've got um, Elizabeth. I feel like I'm getting ready for a re-entry. I feel like when I see people that I haven't seen for a long time, I feel like there is an expectation that I will have changed, but don't know what to. I'm having a staff meeting with myself quite regularly <laughs> to work it out. Well done, Elizabeth. You know, your sub-personalities going to get them together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is just is do that, Elizabeth, and, and still have the staff meetings and still journal and speak it through and get the right people around you and, and have that virtual board. And I think that's key. That is super key. Keep talking to yourself, it's healthy. <laughs> um, Jude was asking, what were the four nodes of change you spoke of? So the first one is loss. So the first thing that kind of, even in positive change, quite often somebody has a baby or gets married, one of the first things that crosses their mind is, I've kind of lost my independence or, you know, I'm, I'm now no longer going to be going on holiday with the, the lads or the, the girls anymore. Um, and then that moves into what else could it take from me? A virtual question of if it took that and it shocked me, then what else could happen? And then we start to fantasize the worst case scenarios. And fear is kind of where the system most disperses. It's the physical sensations of fear tend to be the most violent inside and, and it causes a reorganization. And as it settles, we start to have a kind of stillness. The fourth area, the third area is acceptance. It's that area of kind of stillness and here's me and here's it. Now, what relationship do I want to build with it? And as I start building relationship with this change, this new circumstance, then we start to see the possibilities and we start to see what else could happen and how do I source from this new world that I'm in. I loved, um, just on the back of that, what Andrea says, um, it reminded me of the importance of taking the emotional elevator down to find, locate and express emotions. That is beautiful. It's Andrea Wigglesworth for you. Oh, with the best name and the most beautiful <laughs> thing to say. I love that, Andrea, I love it. Now, I'm going to read this one, sorry. Vanessa, I'm loving this, so I'm reading it out loud. Jim's not allowed to say it. I hear a lot about the fear of falling in between the two worlds of pre and post pandemic, absolutely, or reluctantly flipping back to the old normal. I think weirdly that that was kind of what we both had there. Here's my favorite part. I also think that Jim will become the coaching equivalent of Elton John. His relevance was reborn when he started to partner different artists in his music, not better or worse, just different. A younger version, obviously, put the owl in those partnerships. <laughs> that needs to be written on t-shirts. Oh, Elton wow. John of the coaching world. I'll take it. Bring I'll it. take it. I'll take it. <laughs> There's someone here from um, Sarah, the Real Food Cast, saying that was a great exercise for me. That's because it's really good to hear that it's not easy even for you guys. You're working hard at it. It's also good to know that I'm not alone with some of my anxiety, fears, and optimisms. No, you're not acceptance came across very strongly on lots of levels as did slowing down and staying still a concept i find very counterintuitive and difficult to execute mm. thank you both very much indeed sarah's also kind of like an arch type five personality so okay. the whole yeah she's very she's very um strongly kind of type five-ish in, in her nature and her personality and and there's something about the type five personality that's about slowing down in order to reflect it's counterintuitive but probably one of the most powerful things that that thrusting outcome orientated driven personality can do is yeah. can you just slow down and i noticed that you and i our voices dropped from just somewhere about here right down into about here yeah you know quite often if we're doing podcasts and we get into riffing on stuff we're up here and it's bang 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 and now um we're both somewhere in here where loads to process 
Right, so, so you can actually see the the just the energy around here just in our in our our video. It's <laughs> like type five, like thing, thing, like all over. Um, I think I've been seeing a lot. I I struggle. I was we were on a call earlier about um, the coaching collective and. Um, I was saying I'm on the blocks I'm ready I'm there like I love that I love that feeling of just like let's just do the thing people let's just get out to everyone um, I, I, and, and so I struggle with that but I think the mother nature is slowing down is giving us a nudge to slow down so why are we speeding up mm. and I think we can learn a lot from that and and for me, the, even though the five is like, let's let's bring it. It's that no, this is let's grace for impact. <laughs> There's a question here from Spark Group. Um, how do I inspire my type two number two leader to come back to work? Um, I understand this process, but how can I help my team to accept change and become effective in this new paradigm? Um, role model it role model acceptance yourself um you know if you're carrying mumps but preaching measles they'll catch mumps and so if you do the work on yourself they can sense it people can tell if you've gone through some of that journey and so be prepared to face into some of those emotions be prepared that your emotions are just what creates the change in you what creates the gateway and realize that they're very useful or we would have dropped them off millennia ago they're there for a purpose and so they're sending you signals they're wanting you to notice things and sometimes it takes two or three days for them to work out don't rush them along but see if you can sit with them more and more and um people will see you carrying that links in a little bit to steve's question steve mcgregor the best scottish name ever mm. um is it denial if we bypass or skim over the loss and fear stages of this fantastic exercise and drive all our energy Oh, it's shimmed down a bit. All our energy into accepting the new normal and all fantastic opportunities it may hold. Oh, he's just shining throughout the question. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm moving knowledge of Steve out of head. Um, I think the emotion is important. So notice if you're skimming. You'll know yourself if you sit still for long enough. I, I did not know I was sad until Jim said what you sad about. And that was, boom, it just kind of came up. So I think it's it's allowing yourself to go through the process and, you know, the whole mumps and measles situation um, and ensure that you have experienced it. You might have. That's the thing. Some of us go through change, like, boom, done it. Awesome. You know, opportunity. We've seen people, and we've talked about this in the podcast, and Steve, I've even talked to you. There's some people that have just been plugged in, upgraded, and they're like, okay, here we go, people. This is the time. And we're like, Hello where did you come from there's like a real emergent leadership coming through those ones that don't have it on the badge or the title but they're like let's let's do the thing people um and so it may it may be that it has been done you know and, and your language doesn't necessarily say let's get in amongst it and let's let's bring you up here and let's chat to you about it steve it you know there's there's opportunity and fantasticness and um and your eyes shine when you talk about this so mm. I think um, I see people who will skim over their emotions and their experience and, and I, I ask them the question, what, what is your life then? Is it a, just a staccato piece of um, achievement, 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 go, 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 go? 
when in fact there is just something about living all the seasons of your life. You know, the winter seasons are just as important as the summery seasons and um, and you don't really experience a summer unless you've got a kind of winter to compare it against in terms of all the joy of it, the long nights and all those type of things. So I think there's definitely a, I think I would say there about watch for the skimming is, is, is a way of keeping skimming, whereas your emotions are an access to a kind of deeper experience in your life. And, and that's really it. I mean, the older you get, the more you start to realize that it all goes back in the box and you spend a lot of time in the second half of life dismantling a lot of the stuff that you thought was so important to build in the first half. But what you are left with is your experiences and your ability to experience. And I think there's just a key form of living there. Um, fear and loss aren't bad emotions. They are emotions that have a purpose in our lives in order to create something that is about changing and adapting us for a new set of circumstances. Um, I love this question from Richard because I'm seeing all sorts of yes when you ask it. Uh, <laughs> thinking of bioenergetic types, if we've been functioning in a certain type during lockdown, might we find that we shift to other parts of our personality as this season changes? Wow. Well, that would explain the stone and weight I've put on in terms of just the, <laughs> the, the a lot more of the type fours been doing and a lot more box sets and box of chocolates been ordered. And, and probably what's happened is I'm getting shaken out of that comfort space into what does a type five mm. respond and or a three in terms of like all of that stuff. You know, I've enjoyed the home comforts. I've enjoyed nursing my introversion. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely think that there is a something about as the season changes, it's maybe time to shed some of the, the COVID-19 lethargy and start to build something. Maybe we all need our energy a bit higher and we all need to be a little bit more optimistic. Yeah, I certainly feel, I always see the the types as a graphic equalizer, kind of going up and down at certain times. And I feel that the five and the three is coming up for me just now. Uh -huh. The two has been all over the place. It's like, what? Um, and so, yeah, I feel that, and even I, I could feel it, like the different parts of me being called up, even going through that. Um, through those questions, Richard, I could I could feel it, and I think it is is about because um, you 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 can decide who's going to run the system, yeah, and, and work with it. Yes, it's and, not like oh holy oh that was about time to it was it's not that it's just like who who do you need to be in this? Who do I need to like? I'm thinking who do I need to be in this next season? What parts of me do I bring to the fore? How do I show up in this? And and doing that with volition. I think um, for those who are listening and they've never come across these types or they wonder what we're talking about, this is bioenergetics we're talking about. And it's kind of the five basic Jungian, Reichian archetypes of personality. Type one, cerebral, intellectual up in their heads, prone to anxiety. Type twos, emotional, fun, chatty, uh, prone to emotional vulnerability. Type threes, dominant, powerful, strategic, big picture, can get a little bit ruthless and brutal. Type fours, much more caring, nurturing, pastoral, you know, that kind of team leadership can be a bit stubborn and a little passive aggressive. And then your type five, the kind of outcome oriented, driven, high energy, fair, want a good outcome and can be a little arrogant and a little critical. And so that's just a tiny little bit. And these five archetypes tend to sit at the basis of most of your neo-Freudian psychometrics like Myers-Briggs and 
Catel 16PF and Disk and Insight and those things that tend to be the, the core model. So that's it just for those who have never come across the model. They're not true. <laughs> <laughs> They're not true. Um, hey, Heidi. So I saw you're down as far as um, Scott the Leaper is saying, could the partnerships you seek be with those who mirror your shadow and don't diss a good lasagna celebration? <laughs> he is the foodie of the group, people. Well, I feel severely chastised and appropriately so about my lasagna comments because I've loved every bite. <laughs> um, I think they are. I think um, certainly when people come and chat to me about their marriages, um, the conversation I'm really having with them is um, that part of the issue and the tension is that we tend to marry the shadow in order to try and make ourselves more whole. And whereas it turned us on and impressed us in the first kind of meeting, usually as you wake up the next day after your marriage and realize you married the worst person in the world, is because it's your shadow is on show. They've somehow, those bits of you that you've never learned how to work properly, they're good at it. And that's the draw, that's the pull. And I think it's probably true for friendships and it's probably true for partnerships as well. And so there is maybe something for me to think a little bit about what is that bit of me that I haven't properly developed in my shadow? Um, what does that look like? And, and who offends me with it in the world? Because they're probably the people that would contribute most. Thank you, Sarah. That was a beautiful comment. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I think using those questions, so the 16th, we, we use the same questions. Um, we didn't go off script really, maybe a little, a little bit off piece. So um, all of which can be used for everyone. And the beautiful Ruth Major, I wish I could hear it in her voice because it's such a beautiful voice. What do you think some of the conflicts might be as people experience change differently? And can understanding our shadow help us navigate those? Second part, yes. <laughs> um, so understanding our shadow is so important to, um, it becomes, if we understand our own, we understand the wholeness of ourselves, And if we start to understand others, we understand the wholeness of them and we can see what's happening. Um, so like Jim and I were talking in my LinkedIn Live the other day about, as Jim said in his, his uh, video, it's the invisible rudder of our ship, of our life, of our teams, of our organizations. And so if we bring them to the fore, then we can see it. Because there's, you know, there's a whole heap of conflict I was experiencing from a, from a shadow, um, just coming through even in my thought process and change. Um, so yeah, I think understanding it helps us navigate it. Understanding, if we understand it, we realize why we're navigating it that way. And we don't get caught up or tripped up too much by it. Clearly, not all of the time. <laughs> As there was things that were coming up for me personally there that I was like, mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's a continual work. It's continual checking in and understanding it, I would say, for the shadow. And, I think in the, and the conflict definitely is if people are at different stages of the process. If somebody's experiencing loss and somebody else is really excited about it, you can just really get on each other's nerves. You know, and um, if, if somebody's done the work or somebody is not patient with their own negative emotions and they rush through that process and then there's a tinniness, a superficiality to their optimism and their gung-ho-ness and other people who aren't such afraid of their own emotions are, are irritated by being rushed through by a kind of false process. 
Um, all of those things I've noticed cause conflict within teams. Is your your subconscious mind? It's it's more than that. It's the um, Sarah. If you take um, a, a healthy human ego, we sever it and we create an idealized ego image, which is this is how I want to be seen in the world. This is my image. This is my preference, and it's called your pride position. And um, a lot of leaders will do that. Most of us do as leaders, and and, and who have any kind of public persona um, or to multiple people. So you create this idealized ego image and it's your pride position, which means you automatically create a shame position. And when you create a shame position, um, that's all the bits of you that you don't want people to see and you don't like, or that you haven't worked through properly yet. And you put them in a big sack called the shadow and we try and deny it and repress it, but it has energy. And so it will absolutely subconsciously be the rudder for your life unless you do work on it. And Carl Jung would say that 90% of the shadow is pure gold. If we can relate to it well and get into it, we'll rediscover sources of energy and connection and reality in our lives again. Um, um, and if we don't, if we continue to shut it down, it will be the rudder for our life and we'll call it fate. Well, it looks like we're, we're running out of questions. So we, as we did before, we'll make sure that we... Um, put them both out as podcasts. We did a little bonus um, and it was actually one of the most downloadable ones as well. Um, so clearly you just, you know, people want to hear themselves as well. So that's awesome. Um, and so we will put these out. We had another three that came out this week. We talked about overwhelm, which was great because I was having a crisis at the time. So mm -hmm. you'll hear more of that. Um, and change in an organisational level and also archetypes, which is the magic of it. Um, we've talked about shadow a lot um, here. Um, it'd be remiss of us to not say that Jim's got his course coming up in July, which is about the shadow of a leader. So you've got three different webinars that are attached to that. This is his second webinar. He mentioned it before. Um, and these are as pioneering as the, as the first ones. Uh, so they're there. Um, I've also got a course called Home um, that is coming out in July as well. So this is my third iteration of that. Um, and that is more about an online coaching retreat with lots of different elements attached to it. So we explore a little bit of shadow as well. Um, so they're both around in July, which apparently someone told me is soon. <laughs> I don't get it, people. I don't get it. Um, we thank you for your evening. The fact thank that we you. are going through another iteration of life for you still to come along, sit by the fire with us. We're deeply grateful and really humbled. Um, have beautiful rest of evenings. Um, have wonderful rest of weeks. Um, and we'll enjoy walking with you when you listen to the podcast and all the things that you do. But go forth and be wonderful. And thanks for your ears this evening, guys. We really appreciate it. Take Probably. care. Thanks, everybody. Great to see you.